What's good, everybody? How we all doing? It's Mikey O here, and welcome to episode 5 of The Mikey O Show. I'm your host, Mikey O. With how bad 2020 has been, it felt good to have a month like August where we've had pretty much only good news. The NBA is back, the playoffs started yesterday, the MLB is pretty good, even though the Red Sox suck, and every sport is pretty much back, even the NFL is in training camps. It's been a great month, and we're going to talk about the NBA playoffs in this episode. In case you missed it, yesterday was the first day of the NBA playoffs, and it included four amazing games featuring an overtime victory for the Denver Nuggets versus the Utah Jazz, a very competitive 76ers versus Celtics game, and a Dallas Mavericks and LA Clippers game that had a lot of controversy. And in between that, there was the Brooklyn Nets and Raptors, but that was a wash anyway, but we'll talk about all four of them. Let's get going. The Denver Nuggets and Utah Jazz had a very competitive game yesterday that went to overtime. This included a 57-point performance from Donovan Mitchell and 36 points from Jamal Murray, along with 29 and 10 from Nikola Jokic. This game was very entertaining. Donovan Mitchell had 57 points and lost. That's a big blow to Utah fans, but hey, who knows what will happen. I still got Denver in six, but maybe the Jazz can figure something out. If Donovan Mitchell can score 50 points every single game, and if him and Rudy Gobert can actually coexist, because yesterday, they didn't look too good. I say that because if you didn't know, in March 2020, which seems like forever ago, Utah Jazz center Rudy Gobert got the coronavirus and got his teammate Donovan Mitchell infected with the coronavirus also. This led to the NBA being shut down and the rest of sports being on hold for six whole months. And those were the longest six months of my life. Shortly after the coronavirus diagnosis for Gobert and Mitchell, there were rumors around the league that the two players weren't getting along and did not want to play with each other. For a few months after that, Coach Quinn Snyder was trying to find trade pieces for both of them, but eventually he announced that they were getting along. Although both players stated that they were on the same page, you could tell that they weren't, as yesterday Utah had a lot of chemistry issues, including in overtime, when Donovan Mitchell got a timely 8-second violation which gave Denver the momentum to give them the win in overtime. Besides the late-game blunder, Donovan Mitchell looked like an absolute stud. He was scoring on what seems like every possession, including most of the overtime points for Utah, where him and Jamal Murray were going at it bucket for bucket. Another player for Utah who looked great was sixth man Jordan Clarkson. In the fourth quarter, he hit two step-back threes to tie the game, which would ultimately lead to the loss, but Jordan Clarkson had 18 points and looked unstoppable from the three-point line. For Utah to win this series, they're going to need point guard Mike Conley to come back looking good, along with more scoring from Joe Ingles and Jordan Clarkson, as they are supposed to be the key role players for this Utah team. Ultimately, my final verdict for this series is Denver in six. Although Denver is missing two key pieces like Gary Harris and Will Barton, they just have so much depth, as Coach Mike Malone likes to play his team because everybody can score. Players like Jamal Murray, Nikola Jokic, Paul Millsap, Monty Morris, Bull Bull, and Michael Porter Jr. can all give you buckets on any given night, and Denver is just too good. Nobody's going to be able to beat them right now, especially with how much depth they have and how well Michael Porter has been playing. After the Jazz Nuggets game, we had the Toronto Raptors going against the Brooklyn Nets, and that game was, well, not entertaining at all. 
The Toronto Raptors would wall up the Brooklyn Nets 134-110. to This included two key performances from Fred Van Vliet and Pascal Siakam. Fred Van Vliet would have 30 points, 11 assists, and shot 8 of 10 from 3, and Pascal Siakam had 18 points and 11 rebounds. For the Brooklyn Nets, here's a name you don't know, Timothy Luawu Cabarro would have 26 points, and Karius Levert would have 15 points and 15 assists on 5 of 16 shooting. The Brooklyn Nets have a roster filled with a bunch of G League players and washed up players, as Kyrie Irving, Kevin Durant, Spencer Dinwiddie, DeAndre Jordan, and Tarian Prince are all out due to either injury or corona. The Brooklyn Nets are a mess, and I got Toronto winning the series in five because the gentleman sweep exists, and Toronto is the team that would do it. 4 1 Raptors. The Nets lineup featured Jared Allen, Karis Levert, Joe Harris, Garrett Temple, and Timothy Luabu Cabarro. Most of those guys barely even played for them this year. So the Nets are a mess, and Jamal Crawford signed with them, got hurt, and Michael Beasley signed with them and got Corona. So the Nets are just a big mess, and yeah, they're going to be good next year, though. Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving, that's a scary, that's a scary duo. After the Nets and Raptors game, the Celtics played the Philadelphia 76ers, and that game was very entertaining. Joel Embiid, without Ben Simmons, started the game scoring the first seven points for the Sixers, including two vicious dunks. As the game continued, Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown were going off, including Jalen Brown having a big fourth quarter, which edged the Celtics over the 76ers late, with the final score 109-101. to Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown combined for 61 points, as Tatum would put up 32 points, 13 rebounds, Jalen Brown 29 points, and 6 rebounds. For the Sixers, Joel Embiid put up 26 and 16. Besides Embiid, only Josh Richardson and Alec Burks would have good games, as Tobias Harris would shoot 6 of 15, and Al Horford would shoot 3 of 7. Without Ben Simmons, this Philly team doesn't look that good, but I still see Celtics winning in 6 games, because Embiid's just a monster, and they're not going to be able to stop him. But, and I do stress this, but, if Al Horford and Tobias Harris can both have a good series, this series could stretch to seven games and Philly might be able to beat them because Philly as a sixth seed is pretty low considering the high hopes they've had all season. If the Sixers can't get out of the first round again, they're going to have to probably blow up their team and don't be surprised if either Embiid or Simmons are traded because honestly, they've tried this for what, three years now and they've kept on adding a third star it just might not work. Embiid and Simmons probably can't coexist, and they both can't stay healthy, so you gotta do something. And Brett Brown isn't really the best coach, so figure it out, Sixers. The final game of the night was a great one. The LA Clippers versus the Dallas Mavericks, and oh man, we have a lot to talk about with this game, so let's get it going. The first quarter looked really bad for Dallas. Luka had seven turnovers early and came out with an injury. Luckily, a few minutes after, Luka would come back and the whole game would turn around. After a rocky first quarter, Dallas started to look great. Luka and Porzingis were hitting everything, and Luka was literally scoring in the paint with ease, as Pat Bev had absolutely no answer for him. As the second quarter continued, late in the second, Kristaps Porzingis went out for a block on Paul George, which looked clean, but the refs called it a foul. When Porzingis reacted, he punched the air, and the refs gave him a technical foul. This is important, as later on in the game, Porzingis would get another technical, and it would suspend him for the rest of the game. 
The second technical given to Porzingis shouldn't have been a tech, and players all around the league were reacting to it, such as LeBron James, Dirk Nowitzki, Dwayne Wade, and Donovan Mitchell. On Twitter, LeBron was quoted saying, Man, that was bogus as hell. Man, come on, man. He said a lot of mans, but that's how everybody felt. And after that, everything went downhill. Dallas, who was up nine at the time, ended up being down. And by the beginning of the fourth quarter, the Clippers had all the momentum, and Luka did everything he could. But eventually, Paul George would hit a dagger three-pointer, and the Clippers would go on to win with a final score of... Actually, 118 to 110. There we go. Despite an extremely bad fourth quarter, Luka would finish with 42 points. But everybody else on the team didn't look so good as Tim Hardaway Jr. at 18, Trey Burke had 2, and Seth Curry had 14. Dallas's bench didn't show up, and that was the reason they lost. Because without Porzingis, Dallas relies on their bench to score, and they weren't doing that yesterday. But for the Clippers... Paul George finished with 27, and Kawhi Leonard finished with 29 as they combined for 58 points, if my math is correct. Despite Dallas only losing by 8 points without Porzingis for the rest of the game, I still see the Clippers winning in 6 or 7 games. The Clippers have way too much depth, and Paul George is super hungry to get his first ring because all the hate that he's getting for absolutely no reason. I respect you, PG-13, don't you worry. But anyway... Dallas is going to lose in six or seven games because Luka is way too young. Porzingis might not play tomorrow either because of an injury. And just that the Dallas bench is young and not many of them have been to the playoffs yet. But next year, watch out. Dallas is going to look really good, especially if they get a better point guard because Jalen Brunson not being there has hurt them a ton. After an eventful day one of the playoffs, day two happened. And the first game was my favorite game, the Milwaukee Bucks versus the Orlando Magic. And guess who won? You're probably wrong, because it was the Orlando Magic. And yes, the Orlando Magic were my pick to beat the Bucks in the first round, as I have Orlando in seven games. From what I watched yesterday, the Orlando Magic had a plan to let Giannis score at will, while focusing on the rest of the weapons, such as Chris Middleton, Eric Bledsoe, DiVincenzo, and Brooke Lopez. And it worked like a charm, because the Orlando Magic won by 12 points. Giannis had a monster game, scoring 31 points, 17 rebounds, and 7 assists, but the rest of the Bucks didn't look good. Chris Middleton had 14, Brooke Lopez had 5, Wesley Matthews had 10, Eric Bledsoe 15, and George Hill 16. The weapons were not utilized, and that affected Giannis greatly because the Orlando Magic literally have the best strategy ever, which is to let Giannis score, because if Giannis is the only one scoring, there's no way the Bucks are going to win the series. And this is a very smart move. I never, I never really thought about it. But hey, if it works out, it works out. Ma Magic in seven. Let's get it. On Orlando's side, Nikola Vucevic, who's one of my favorite centers, had a big 35-point, 14-rebound night on 14 of 22 shooting. That man legit could not miss from anywhere, and he was giving everybody on the Bucks buckets. For the rest of Orlando, a lot of people you wouldn't expect scored a lot of big points. Gary Neal had 15. Markel Fultz, the former number one pick, had 15. Evan Fournier had nine, but he hit back-to-back-to-back three-pointers in a row to seal the deal for the Magic late in the fourth quarter. Not to mention, Orlando did this without two of their best players, Aaron Gordon and John Isaac. Although John Isaac won't be able to play because of a torn ACL, Aaron Gordon's going to come back soon. I don't know when, but when Aaron Gordon comes back and Evan Fournier actually has a good game, this is a scary team, and they're going to beat the Bucks, like I have said, in seven games. 
So stay tuned for that, because I'm going to be bragging if I get it right. Following up the Bucks game was the Indiana Pacers, which is my favorite team, versus the Miami Heat. And this game was very entertaining. Both teams would go back and forth up until the fourth quarter when Goran Dragic has 14 points. He had a 14-point fourth quarter, which gave them the edge, and we ended up losing 113 to 101. Even though we don't have our two best players, Sabonis and Oladipo. So when Sabonis comes back and Oladipo actually plays like he wants to play for the Pacers, just remember, Heat are going to lose in seven games because, honestly, the Indiana Pacers are a better squad, and that is me not being biased. For the Heat, Jimmy Butler had 28 points, Bam Adebayo had 17 points, 10 rebounds, and like I said, besides the 14-point fourth quarter, Goran Dragic also scored 24. Oh, boy. For my Indiana Pacers, Bubble Jordan, a.k.a. TJ Warren, had 22 points and 9 rebounds. Victor Oladipo had 4 points. He got poked in the eye and didn't play for the rest of the game. Malcolm Brogdon had 22 points, 10 assists, and the rest of our team didn't shoot that well, especially Doug McDermott, who's usually our best shooter. But, like I said, when we get the bonus back, Bam is not scoring that many points, and when Oladipo actually wants to play, Jimmy Butler is not scoring 25-plus. So we'll see what happens, but I still have Pacers in seven, and Heat fans, um, relax. You won one game, so we'll see what happens next time. Following the Pacers game, the OKC Thunder played the Houston Rockets, and this game was another wash. The Rockets would beat the Thunder 123-108, to and James Harden had 37 points. But don't worry, Thunder fans, don't worry. James Harden is prone to choking the playoffs, so don't worry about it at all. You guys will still win in six or seven games, especially if Russell Westbrook doesn't come back. Harden is not a playoff performer, and he will not have a good series, so just let him have this one game, and you guys can have the rest of the series. And another reason Thunder lost was because Jeff Green had 22. Don't worry, Jeff Green will not have another 15-plus point game. Eric Gordon had 21 also, but Eric Gordon just does Eric Gordon things. But Thunder fans, don't worry. Gallinari looked great. He had 29, and so did Chris Paul. Shai Gilligas-Alexander was nervous. It was his first real playoff game starting. He had a lot of hopes for himself, but honestly, you're good. Jeff Green's not having a good game. And Eric Gordon might have 20 points, but as long as there's no Westbrook, you guys should be fine. And I'm going to troll Houston fans real quick. Don't forget when the Houston Rockets missed 27 straight threes. So don't be surprised if that happens again this series, because honestly, Houston, they're overrated, and I don't like them at all. So they're going to have a game where they miss 27 threes in a row, and that's going to be the reason they lose. And also because James Harden's not a player performer at all. So... OKC got this. Six games. Chris Paul is going to destroy Harden. And Thunder are going to go to the second round and maybe even surprise even more people. And now it's time for the WTF Stat of the Night. Sponsored by me, Mikey O. Did you know that this is the first time that both one seeds have lost game one of the first round of the playoffs five and a half hours apart on a Tuesday night? since Neil Armstrong landed on the moon in 1969. Moving on from my last segment, it's time to talk about the media's favorite team, the Los Angeles Lakers. The one seed versus the eighth seed Portland Trailblazers, who have fought so hard to get into this eighth seed. Let's talk about it. For the people who know how the Lakers play, myself included, I expected a very high-scoring game last night from the Trailblazers and Lakers. 
but we were very wrong. The final score of the Lakers and Trailblazers game was 100 to 93. And yes, the Trailblazers beat the Lakers with Damian Lillard having another huge performance. Damian Lillard finished with 34 points, 5 rebounds, and 5 assists. And with how he's playing lately, you could say that the Lakers maybe held him to a really tough scoring night, considering Dame's averaging like 45 points a game in the last 5, 6 games he's played in. But what killed the Lakers the most was their 3-point shooting. Last night, the Lakers shot 5 of 32 from the 3-point line, which is extremely bad, considering they're supposed to be a 3-point shooting team. That is 15% from 3. Anthony Davis shot 0 for 5. Danny Green, 2 for 8. KCP, 0 for 5. LeBron James, 1 for 5. The Lakers shot horrible, and that is the only reason they lost yesterday's game. Besides their horrible shooting, LeBron James put up a very impressive game with a 23-point, 17-rebound, and 16-assist slash line, while Anthony Davis had 28 points and 11 rebounds, although he shot 8 of 24 from the field. It was just an all-around horrible shooting game from the Lakers. Not to mention Kyle Kuzma, who was supposed to be the next whatever, shot 5 of 14. So yeah, the Lakers shot horrible and Portland took advantage of it. On the other side, Portland shot really good from three. They shot 38% from the three-point line, and Carmelo Anthony looked like an absolute beast on the defensive end. Ever since Carmelo Anthony signed with the Portland Trailblazers, he has been amazing, <clears throat> averaging 15 points a game, six rebounds, with great efficiency from the field. And in the playoffs, Carmelo has literally been the savior so far for the Portland Trailblazers. In every seeding game, Carmelo Anthony hit at least one clutch shot, and he did the same thing last night, hitting a clutch three with under a minute left to go, which gave Portland a four-point lead in the late fourth quarter. Although it was fun to see the Portland Trailblazers beat the Lakers last night, we all know deep down that Portland's only going to go to six, seven games max. Even if Damian Lillard continues to play well, Carmelo Anthony scores 20 points, the Lakers are just way too powerful, and Anthony Davis and LeBron James alone can give you 60. So, Portland's going to be great next year, considering their whole team's going to be healthy again, especially players like Rodney Hood and Zach Collins, who weren't even able to play last night. And of course, till next time, everybody, this is your host, Mikey O, signing off. And remember, Orlando in seven. NBA playoff basketball. Let's go! Peace.